It's Red Delicious. Welcome to the SEO Rand. I am your host, Morty Overton. You might know me better as Wix's head of SEO branding, but I'll remind you that this podcast has absolutely nothing to do with that. This is pure unofficial Morty Magic and Morty Mania. For official Morty Magic and Morty Mania, check out the Wix Serps Up podcast over at Wix.com slash SEO slash learn slash podcast. When does the SEO rant come out? Typically on Thursdays, so I'm kind of moving to Fridays. I got too many podcasts going on. I have the Wix podcast. I have the Edge of the Web News podcast. I have this podcast. I got to space it out a little bit. So Thursdays, maybe Fridays. If you subscribe, you'll be notified automatically. So you don't have to worry about when I put them out. You just know. You can find us over at the SEO rant, uh, SEO rant on Twitter, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever great, mediocre, terrible podcasts are found. We are there. For your listening pleasure today, he's the founder of Clio Websites, a Calgary-based web design firm focusing on SEO and WordPress. He's the one, he's the only, Nat Melitic. How are you? Hey, doing pretty good. How about you? I'm great. How cold is it by you? We were just talking about this. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cold. It's like around minus 20 Celsius. (laughs) So it's pretty cold. That's not bad. That's my my immediate association, I, I from growing up as a kid as a hockey fan, are the Calgary Flames. Like, is anyone as oh, much yeah. as Calgary? Is Calgary Flames and Cool Runnings because that's where they play the Olympics that's in right. Calgary in the movie. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's an like, iconic movie and uh, iconic uh, Calgary Flames with Lanny McDonald who won the cup with the right. with the mustache. I don't know if you remember the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. mustache. Yeah. So. That's what we're known for. And then uh, I, I did have a mustache, too. Uh, I just shaved it off this weekend. I was doing Movember. Ah, uh, nice. Fundraiser, nice. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit what you do and then and the company that you're running. Sure. Yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, as you mentioned, we're in Calgary, Alberta. Um, we've been doing web design and, and uh, web development since 2007. Um, I have three employees, uh, right now and myself, um, we're basically, you know, doing kind of end to end, uh, launching web websites, uh, doing support, um, support and maintenance, and also doing, uh, providing SEO services for clients as well. Mostly, you know, small to medium sized businesses. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're doing end to end, uh, when it comes to SEO, um, and uh, yeah, we've been doing, we haven't been doing SEO for, for long. Uh, we've been providing SEO services for about two years, but we started in the web development space uh, primarily. And then usually that kind of leads into SEO services after the website's it, launched. SEO touches everything. So yes, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense so, to me. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about what's hot in SEO these days. AI and how it's impacting SEO because as you mentioned when we were talking there's and it's an understatement a lot of chatter about GPT-3. Yeah, totally, big time. Yeah, it's it's an exciting exciting time I think for SEO, not just I I guess not just for SEO, just like for tech in general, but uh for SEO as well, uh, there's so many implications, right? So I think people are really looking at it and there's some interesting people as well on on Twitter. They're doing some cool use cases and tests and stuff. So, I've been kind of following along uh, quite a bit, and and also starting to utilize some of these tools in our kind of day to day. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, it's a little bit controversial when you you get into it. You know, people have hard takes whether they're pro AI and the content that it spins out, or they're anti AI and the content spins out. So I don't know. Let's just start off. 
Where do you fall on that fence? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that I'm kind of kind of cautiously optimistic, I want to say. Um, I think that it can definitely uh, improve your workflow as an SEO. Uh, where it starts to get tricky, of course, is, you know, obviously, if you're just generating AI content on mass, you know, which some people are doing, I, I don't think that's going to end well, honestly. So uh, that's where I'm kind of like a, a bit weary, you know, of, of that approach, definitely. But I think it has a significant um, power to to change the way we're, we're doing things. And I also think it's a little bit of a threat as well mm. to the search engines and, you know, Google and, and, and the like, because uh, when you think of the whole user experience of like chat, you know, the, the open AI chat, for example, um, when you think about it, like when you're doing a, a search, that, that's the type of experience you probably want. You want to go in and type a question and get an answer. You don't want to go through, you know, three or four different websites to kind of like scroll through a blog <laughs> to find the snippet, Basically, you know, to find an answer. You want an answer kind of spit out. So that that's the thing where I see it's a bit of a threat to the search engines and the way the search engines are doing things. And I think they've realized this years ago, probably before, you know, we started playing around with these tools since, you know, now you have the kind of the rich snippets, you even have the highlighting, you know, when you go into an article based on your search term, you know, it'll actually scroll to that section yep. and kind of highlight the section that answers your question. So, you know, Google has been really good about, you know, providing kind of that best user experience in terms of answering the question. But when you compare it to like, you know, this chat thing, it's just way more intuitive when you think about it from a user perspective, right? If you go in and just ask something, it just spits out an answer without you having to browse or go anywhere else. That's a way better user experience. Yeah. And I've always been, you know, pushed back on the whole zero click search thing about particularly about mm -hmm. that point, because yeah, the way I describe it is back, I don't know, 10 years ago, the, the novelty of the web was that you have access to all this information. That's not novel anymore. So the next generation or the next evolution of the web is not, oh, wow, I, I can I don't have to go to the library anymore. I could find it on the web. That's old. What's <laughs> yeah. new is that is the, the ability to access that information so quickly. And whether that's a notification on your phone, oh, I get all of a sudden I get a I get a, you know, a, a notification from the from the NFL app that oh the Steelers lost last night. I mean, I need a notification. I watched that. It was terrible. But. <laughs> Or, or whether it's on the SERP itself where you ask a question to Google and give the answer immediately. I don't think that's Google being nefarious, trying to steal your traffic. I think that's Google trying to adjust to what people are expecting from content, which is quick, immediate answers. With the AI thing, I guess what's tricky is, well, two things. One is I've put in a bunch of things to the, into the GBD3 and I'll get, and we've played around as a team looking at it just for fun. And someone will show me the same question I asked or very similar question with a totally different answer. Or I'll mm -hmm. ask it again five minutes later and it's pulling whatever data set it's pulling and I get a different answer. So I think consistency is a problem. But I also think, that, you know, let's just say that if I ask, I don't know, did OJ do it? And the and the AI knows OJ did it. Now, when I do ask AI, it doesn't know, which it makes me think there's a ways to go. Everyone knows OJ did it. But if I'm asking a very simple question and it can give me an answer, you know, and it was, you know, was Babe Ruth a good baseball player? And it spits out the answer and it's not offering conflicting, you know, answers from one minute to the next minute. Fine. I get that that particular answer it understands and that's fine. 
But if I'm ranking websites and I'm trying to pull a website that I trust to show in a featured snippet to answer that question, it's not just about that one web page. It's about all the other content on the website, semantically understanding, contextually understanding that this website is an authority on Babe Ruth and that you can't do with the AI. So I think, yeah, you could probably spin up some AI content answering the question, was Babe Ruth a good baseball player? It'll probably do a good job. But in order for Google to trust the website, I think the contextual breadth that's needed for Google to understand that this website's an authority, that has to go beyond AI content. This is kind of where I, the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. There's so many factors, right? Um, I mean, that's why, you know, when when you're kind of, you know, doing that for a client, for example, and you're saying, you know, so, you know, what what is it going to take for, for a particular search term, you know, to rank, uh, you know, on Google, basically on the first page or as a first result? There's so many factors, right? It's really hard to say, uh, like we know roughly the, these are the things that they're looking for. We kind of know how to game the system in in a way, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of factors. We don't really know. Nobody really knows, you know, what what's the most important factor or what are the top five or whatever. Um, you know, they'll give us hints and all that. But, you know, th- there's a lot of play and it's always evolving as well. Obviously, it's always changing and evolving. So you're right. So that there is, um, you know, I think the AI stuff is still fairly new. I think it'll improve, but how much, you know, uh, engineering and innovation and, and iterations and everything has gone into search engines. It's been, you know, it's been years and decades, right? So, um, so it it definitely has a leg up for sure. So, yeah. So something like, let's say like, I don't know, like a, um, a product description, and I know currently these things are against Google's guidelines, but I kind of wonder if they're going to have to change. Writing a header, writing a title tag, all those kind of things. AI, not a problem. AI is a problem. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, um, I, I don't think it's a problem. Like, you know, it, I, I think it'll depend on how, how you're using the tools. Like, so for what I've seen, People do like, you know, for a product, let's say, um, you know, what are some of the key criteria or give me like a, you know, a five bullet type of table of contents that I should hit in order to write this content or to kind of like, you know, improve this product, uh, you know, description or whatever it is based on maybe what, you know, people would be searching for and stuff. And I mean, you could do that with Google today, obviously, as well. Um, you know, there's ways of, of doing that, like looking at the common questions, looking at some of the content that's already ranking for those products and that type of stuff. Um, so, I mean, you could, you, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, and even doing AI might be a little bit more efficient if you're, you know, asking what are some of the key points that maybe I should cover, you know, if I'm creating a product or, or you know, building a content piece around the product, um, you know, doing stuff like that is fine. Where you run into issues is like, you know, write me in the greatest article, you know, on this, you know, product thing or the greatest right. product description and then, you know, copy and paste it into your website. That That's what Google has a issue with. Right. So um, and that's that's been the biggest debate now is I think, you know, one of the things that I saw that was really interesting to me was. Um, I think it was John John Mueller. They were asking, like, is it 
is it a problem to use AI content on your website? And clearly, you know, you go to the guidelines and whatever, he was like, well, it's spam. You know, you're basically creating content based on, you know, an automated way, you know, you're creating spam and it's a no-no, right? But he also mentioned something like, well, you know, Google also has a problem detecting AI content. And then I think people kind of saw that as an open door. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. <laughs> I can create AI content, you know, and and they're not, they're not going to catch me, right? Which is, I think, is kind of missing the point because, you know, there's a few things there, like, you know, the copy scrape and those types of tools do have a hard time detecting uh, AI content, but there are uh, AI content detection tools, right? So, um, there are tools that are pretty reliable. I was actually testing one this weekend called originality.ai. Mm. And it was like, you know, yeah, I, I created some content using AI. One I kind of changed slightly and the other one I just left, for example, 100% AI. And it was like spot on. It said like, okay, this one that I actually tweaked, 80% of it was AI generated. The one I didn't tweak at all, it said 100% is AI generated. But the interesting thing is like copy scrapes not able to pick it up as uh as coming from other websites. So it it appears unique. However, it's not unique, right? I've had that so, all the time. You write something and yeah. the, you throw it to one and I've written I've written originally and you throw it through one of these writers, uh these tools, and it says that's AI. I'm like, no, I actually wrote that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um so I you know what I was thinking about, I think um in terms of like Google detection and all that stuff, like I would be, I would be surprised that they didn't have tools that are, you know, way more um, uh, reliable when it comes to detecting AI content. The only thing is it would be very expensive for them to, you know, do that for the entire web and like detect automatically. And I think that's what they're getting at. Like they're not going to go out and start scanning, you know, the, the, the entire internet to 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 detect this AI content it would be costly and probably not not very efficient but I mean they do have ways I mean the 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 latest uh uh you know these spam updates and stuff that have been coming out are doing just that right yep. so and you know people are getting hit with those <laughs> because they're they're doing that that type of stuff yep I mean I think that's a lot of what the helpful content update it's about I don't think it, I know Google was asked are they targeting AI content within you know they kind of did that splitting of hair kind of and we're not targeting AI content we're targeting low quality content but you'd yeah. have to assume like they're they're considering a, at minimum they're considering AI content when developing something like the helpful content update otherwise that would be almost like neglectful on their part I yeah. think what's going to end up happening is that you're going to have things like Product descriptions, you know, headers. I think Jeff and John Mueller said he would imagine the future headers you can write. You have a tool that writes your headers for you. Yes. Um, things like short snippet FAQ kind of content. You know, I don't know. Like, well, what is a tire? What, what are different kinds of tires? Uh, how does a steering wheel work? I, I don't think you need a human being for that at, at this point. There's so much content out there. You can sort of scrape the web, pull it together, spin something out. And I think inevitably what's going to happen is you kind of see that that's kind of what the helpful content update is in a lot of ways is Google looking at the site overall saying, okay, how quality is the website? How in-depth is this website on this topic? Meaning in areas where you can't use AI content to answer questions or to spin up content, how are you? What does your website look like? How quality is it? 
And then, okay, fine. If there's a question like, what is a tire? And there's AI content that wrote it. No problem. We can rank you for that because the quality of the website as a whole is good. I think mm -hmm. that's probably where things are going to end up. Because yeah. why would you need to write a piece of content answering what is a tire? If it's been done a million times before, me answering yeah. that on my own without an AI writer doing it is like kind of a waste of time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or or do you even need that type of content like, you know, at all even on Yeah, I would say you only need it for your actual user. I don't think like at that point there's like if you're writing a piece of content like what is a tire? It's been done before. If great if yeah. Google ranks you, I don't think like what are the chances unless you're Goodyear that you're going to be ranked for that kind of thing at that point. And that kind of speaks to my point. Google's for that kind of content Google's already ranking the authority, the heavily authoritative super authorities, if you want to call them that. There's no point in writing that content except for your users. If you're writing, if your whole blog is about different kinds of tires and you have a post that's like a basic FAQ about tires for the new uninitiated reader, that makes sense. But that's not for search. That's yeah. just for your readers. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, de definitely. I, I, I do like always wonder about like that that whole cycle of of content creation and like where 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 is it leading? You know, like you've got, you know, we know we know you need content. We know you know you're not gonna have a one page kind of website. You know, rank very highly uh, when it comes to when it comes to you know particular search terms and stuff. So you do need the content, but I always wonder also where that leads. Like, you know. Uh, there's just like so much information out there and, you know, people kind of catch on to that. And then they're just like creating content for the sake of creating content and for, for the sake of SEO. Right. And, and you end up with uh, the, the recipe sites. That's always my favorite oh, example where you go onto a <laughs> recipe and it's like, you know, 5,000 words. words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how to make banana bread, you know? Just leave <laughs> I don't need the full history of banana bread. <laughs> That's right. So, you uh, know, that, I always wonder where that where that leads, you know. Um, and so obviously that's like the negative byproduct of the stuff that we do, obviously, but it's at the same time. I think that's a big part uh, of it. I think that whole incentive this, cycle yeah. is a is a huge yes. part of it because it's broken. Yeah. You'll you look at look at what's ranking, you're like, okay, I guess I like, you know, I don't know how to do SEO. And you get a you know, your typical listicle, five ways to do build backlinks, five ways to do SEO, which is crap for the most part. But Google's ranked it, so we keep creating it. And I think Google's trying yeah. to break that. And so like, well, we're not ranking that anymore. Look at the product review updates. Like that's what that's all about, right? Getting rid of that cycle by saying, we're not gonna rank that crap anymore. And they're slowly but surely breaking that cycle. Like, you know, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be a few weeks. But uh, last week, uh, week before, Google re fully released the the uh, topic filters that it announced at Google I.O. So if I search for banana bread recipe, but now I can filter it by healthy, high, you know, high protein. Because Google, re Google realizes that people want more specific content and Google's trying to create an incentive for us not to create top five banana bread recipes, but to do something a little bit different mm -hmm. than what's already out there. So I think Google's trying. I don't know to what extent it's been working. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think the I don't think AI content makes it any easier or better. I think it only makes the cycle a little bit harder to break. I think it's a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing. Um I, I think it just creates uh the opportunity, obviously, to do 
things like create a lot of content, maybe create a lot of content on, on mass and, and just kind of, again, you know, unfortunately contribute to the, to the whole spam thing. But I think, you know, in my opinion, I'm, I'm super excited about it, uh, about some of the tools. Like I've tried quite a few uh, of these content writing tools, uh, also uh, social media uh, content writing tools as well. The, the social media one to me is always interesting because it's like, you know, it's the same type of thing. You you post stuff that gets good engagement that you see other people doing, but it, like almost everybody hates that content, but it still gets like super high engagement, ah. which, is, which is so funny. And then when you go into AI tool and you're like, hey, write me, a, you know, a really good SEO, you know, Twitter uh, tweet or whatever, you know, it, it'll give you like a listicle or whatever that everybody hates. But it's like, but it, yeah, but I've, but I have but seen these, of, right. and, that, and that's the problem. It works. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's the issue. Yeah. And until they, these platforms figure out a way to make it not work, you're going to end up with a problem. Which is why I think Google has to have a thing like the helpful content up because it knows the problem's coming. Yeah, and it's got to figure it out before the problem makes makes the web and and its results just garbage. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, we've been using. I mean, we've been using AI. Um, so, for example where it's come in really handy, like I mentioned earlier, we work with like small to medium sized businesses in various industries. We we do have some specialties, um, but in 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 various industries. So we we wouldn't be, you know, turning somebody down if they're uh automotive, for example, versus like health or whatever. You know, we would we would still kind of take them on if they're kind of the right size and fit for us. Um, but where that presents a challenge, for example, is the the whole content piece around you know, what are some FAQs that people are searching for, for example, uh, for automotive service company. Um, and, you know, you get some of those common questions, but then, you know, it's much easier for us, for example, to try to generate the answers on our own and to create, for example, an FAQ section on the website and say, hey, here, client, you know, here's here's some of the common questions people are asking. And here, we've actually already answered them for you. Can you just take a look and see if they're if they're accurate, much easier and faster than saying, Hey, here are, you know, three or four questions of people asking, can you, can you please answer these? You know, and then we're kind of waiting (laughs) for that whole waiting cycle, you know, so it does speed things up a little bit. It does make us a little bit more efficient, but definitely wary of uh, like, I wouldn't just create content using and say, Hey, one click blog article. And there you go. Right. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, you know, for that kind of content, I I can't see AI going away. I think it just, it makes so much sense. And when you're looking at people sharing, it does a pretty good job. Like it definitely is time saving when it does it right. But uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens in the meantime, though, where can people find you? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm most active. Uh, you can find me there. My handle is Nat Militic, uh, N-A-T-M-I-L-E-T-I-C, and uh, you can also check out my website, uh, CleoWebsites.com. Nice, but nothing on SEO. TikTok. Nothing on TikTok yet. Yeah, nothing on TikTok. <laughs> I always ask that because like the people I always send to interview are like I'll put myself. We're boomers. That's right. Yeah, Same. I don't like. I am That's not right. a TikTok generation. Not if you're listening TikTok. to this podcast every week, you're like, you see this every week, but clearly I'm right. Everyone I ask, like, yeah, I'm not on TikTok. Well, so there are a few boomers that do it, do it well. So I have to say there's definitely an opportunity there. Uh, it's just, oh yeah. Be, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. It's TikTok's addicting. I, 
Uh, the only danger there, of course, of course, in North America might get banned any day. So we never know. <laughs> so I wouldn't invest too much into it. Whatever. We'll, we'll see how that goes. It's <laughs> a different right. conversation for a different time. Thank you, by yeah. the way, for coming on and being my guest. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been Absolute a great pleasure. Yeah, we have to do it again. Um, to the dear audience, thank you for listening. You can find new episodes of the SEO Rent over at the SEORent.com, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you consume podcasts. Keep an eye out Thursdays, maybe Fridays now, and uh, you know, subscribe. But thanks again, and uh, doodles. <laughs>